morning, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Obsidian Achievement. This is your host, Michael Rustin. Thank you for joining me. Happy to spend some time with you guys today. I, uh, <coughs> I'm on my way to the gym. Same thing we do every single day. Bro, I've got I've to get this tooth fixed. So, I, <sighs> so you guys know I went to the dentist a couple months ago because I got a tooth punched out of my head. So I need an implant in one place and then I need a root canal and another tooth that's damaged from getting kneed in the face and I'm not gonna lie bro I'm terrified I do not I have such a phobia of the dentist like I'm starting to realize how bad it is because I'm having dreams about it I'm like 50% convinced I'm gonna chicken out of today's appointment <laughs> I I don't know. It's a, somebody's gonna. Somebody, please call me. And tell me it's not that bad. All right. It's my. It's my front tooth. I gotta get a root canal. My very front tooth. I don't want that. I don't want that at all. Oh. Man. Very upset. Very upset about it. Not. A, not happy. Not a happy camper at all. But uh, I'm, I'm like going down the rabbit hole in my head right now. Plus I've read like root canals aren't like good for you, man. I don't know. I just... Uh, I think about it, man. I don't know. I don't know. And then the other one, I got to get an implant. Dude, they got to drill in my jaw. I don't... I Dude, I, t- teeth are retarded. Teeth are so stupid. You know, I... I just I would rather just rip them all out to be honest with you. Just gum just gum my way through life. You know? Just gum my way through my existence. I guess I gotta get it done. Can't be gumming my way through life. I like steak too much. You know? There's too many foods that I like that I wouldn't be able to eat anymore. Well, I could put them in a call that one of those like puree things you know blend it up real nice it's a nice mallard over there in that water <clears throat> I uh, I just uh, I don't want to go man I don't want to go at all but anyways um, so that's what's going on in my life <laughs> that's what's going on I got to do so many unpleasant things that I don't want to do in the next 10 days it's ridiculous I can't get into all of them but like I was thinking yesterday after getting off the phone with somebody, I'm like, you know, scheduling a date for something. I'm like, dude, you know, I don't, it's very rare that I have to do things that I don't want to do now. Like, very rare. Like, all the things I do that I don't want to do are things that I force myself to do, like getting in the cold plunge when it's 10 degrees out, right? Going to the gym on the day that you're a little bit sleepy, right? Like, all those things, that's fine. But, like, I don't... It's very rare that somebody else is able to impose. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, I still... I let it happen. I could just say no. You know what I mean? Shut up. <laughs> that would be the end of that. But um, it's very rare now that I have to do things that I don't want to do for the sake of other people. Let's put it that way. <laughs> that's exactly how I set my life up. 10 years ago, 11, 12 years ago, that was the exact vision I had for my life. Was being able to go where I want, when I want, how I want, and do whatever I want, whenever I want. And that right there, there's no price that you could put on freedom. Not a, there's no price, like the, 
the, the price is priceless. You can't assign a dollar figure to it. You know, I was talking about that yesterday on my Instagram story. I was at home and uh, we took Ada outside. So she was born last February. Today's Ada's birthday, by the way. Ada is one years old to one year old today. Um, happy birthday, my little angel. The light of my life. Daddy loves you so, so much. But, uh, so yesterday, you know, she was born last February. She was real small all summer, and then winter hit, you know, when she was really starting to crawl and move around, right? So yesterday, it was a nice day out. It was like mid-50s up here in Maine, and um, the sun was out. So I was like, I'm going to take her outside. So I scooped her up, and I took her outside. And uh, she was barefoot and wearing these um, long green pants and a long green shirt, long sleeve green shirt. And uh, I put her feet in the earth and she just started kicking, just started kicking, kicking, kicking. She was like feeling the, the leaves and the rocks and the sticks. And then she plopped her butt down and started playing with the earth with her hands. And she was so just, she got like feral like started drooling because her brain was just firing like I'm sure she was stimulated to the max and oh my goodness she loved it she was crawling around you know it's like 1 p.m. so the sun's at its peak sun shining down on her and the ground was cold she didn't seem to mind man she didn't seem to mind she got a little chill and that's when we took her inside and the moment I saw her shake a little bit I'm like alright we're going right in the house warm me up she didn't want to go in it was the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. She was just playing. Just something as simple as, you know, just that childlike wonder. The simple things in life. Sticks, dirt, mud, rocks, leaves, pine cones. You know what I mean? She was having a blast playing with all of them. And uh, I was standing there watching her carefully because there's, you know, there's chicken poop in the yard, some broken glass by the fire pit. You know, there's a lot of, like, wood and nails. And it's just, it's not the most ideal <laughs> we gotta. I gotta go through like just scrape the yard clean. I gotta rake it up in the spring. But um, so I was keeping a pretty close eye on her, making sure she's not trying to eat anything. And dude, I was just standing there watching her, and I'm like, "This is amazing. This is so amazing." And that I get to be home for. I'm home for this moment. I'm not out at a job somewhere slaving away. And that's necessary to do. If you're at that point in your life, then that's where you have to be in your life, and that's okay. At least you, you're, if you're a dad and you're listening to me and you're starting to feel bad, don't. You're out doing what you need to do as a man. I just saw 10 years ago what I wanted my life to work. I can remember saying when I was in my early 20s, someday when I have kids, I'm going to be home all day with them. I'm going to create a life where I'm home all day. And even if I didn't have all these businesses, dude, I, I, I'm telling you right now, I would live in a trailer in the woods. I would find a way to make two grand a month on the internet flipping toilet paper you know what I mean I'd figure it out and I would live in a trailer we'd have no TV and everything would be just fine and that lifestyle is very tempting to me sometimes but you know I'm sure Ada and Geneva I don't think they'd appreciate it as much as I would so anyways um, I was just I was thinking about how thankful I was so if you're a young man dude I, I, there are so many things out there that you can do I know I got a lot of young men that listen to me you don't have to work a normal job. I want to tell you that right now. In the digital age, there are so many ways to make money. 
that if I'm a young man and I want to be home every day with my kids when I'm in my 30s, I'm going to learn how to sell. That's the first thing I'm going to learn how to do. If you can, if you can sell, you can do just about anything. Salespeople are pretty much the highest paid people on the earth. You don't believe me? Okay. Steve Schwartzman, BlackRock CEO and founder, probably one of the richest men on the planet. Like top five salesmen. Here's a salesman. Hit really good ideas and sold them. You know what I mean? It's, you read his book, you read his, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like his book, it's like a biography, sort of. And uh, his whole life he was selling, selling ideas to people, selling himself to people. You know, um, Steve Jobs was a salesman. Mark Zuckerberg was a salesman. Yeah, they were innovators, inventors, you know, earth-shattering inventors and innovators, but they're also salesmen. They had to sell their ideas. You know? Sales is, it doesn't matter how good your idea is. If you can't sell it, communicate it to people, nobody cares. I'm sure that there were other people that had similar ideas to Mark Zuckerberg that flopped. And I, I think about this like, there was like a blog. Um, like, why did MySpace fail and, and, and not necessarily fail, but why did it fade? And Facebook win. You know what I mean? I, I have I have to believe it had something to do with the differences in the skill sets between the two founding individuals, right? And I think one of the biggest ones is sales. And sales is the way that you cut... Oh, that could have been a bad accident there. These people are out of their minds, dude. In the mornings, these people are crazy. Like, what do you see? They're all rushing to go to a job that they hate. They're probably late. They woke up late. They do the same damn thing every single day. They wake up late. They rush to do their hair and their makeup. They rush to put a suit on. They grab a granola bar and a Dunkin' Donuts coffee and run out the door to go to a job that they hate. Come home every night and want to kill themselves. You know what I mean? It's just... So you got to learn how to sell it, dude. I'm telling you, that's that's the number one skill. And the second skill um, I think that you should learn is how to lead, lead people. <clears throat> and leading people in sales are very closely, uh, they're interconnected. <clears throat> Most, all leaders can sell, not all sellers can lead, okay? So it's almost like it's a more important to learn how to lead, but they're so intertwined. But not Okay, so all leaders can sell. Not all sellers can lead. So if you're a leader that can sell, you just compounded significantly your ability to make money. <laughs> because if it's, it's not just about influencing people to buy a product or a service, it's about influencing people to do what you want them to do. And when you can, and when you can convince people to buy a product or a service and then teach people and lead people to do that for you, that's when you start making a lot of money. And then that's when you start freeing up a lot of time. Very, very important. Very, very important that you learn that skill. It's, it's, it's paramount. Sales and leadership. How do you learn these things? Well, it's just like anything else. You got to go and do it. You know what I mean? I would get yourself a sales job even if it's on the side. Like if you're working a normal 9 to 5 right now, I'd be selling on the weekends. Until that income could replace your 9 to 5. Or just do what I did and jump right into it. Just, just your whole body, jump right in the cold water. See what happens. When you're in your early 20s, there's not too many mistakes that you can make that are going to just F the rest of your life up. You know, getting involved in crime, you know what I mean, killing a family because you were drunk 
car is a little bit different. But like outside of those things, you know, having a kid too early, that can change things pretty drastically. But there's not too many things that you can do as a young man that are going to just blow your life. All these kids are like, oh, what if I don't get into this school? What if I don't get into this? What if this doesn't happen? What if this doesn't? Dude, you're fine. Dude, there's so many options out there. There's so many options. So you just got to go out and do it, you know, and leadership is the same way. You got to work your way into a leadership position. And I, you know, I think studying it is also important, you know, study. There's so many sales books out there I could recommend you. There's so many leadership books out there I could recommend you. When it comes to leadership, I always start with John Maxwell. John Maxwell is probably the most, uh, I'd say the most famous, most, uh, he stood the test of time when it comes to leadership development. Um, but sales and leadership are number one and two. They're, they're like both number one, if that makes sense. If I were a young man and I were in my 20s, if I knew how to sell and I knew how to lead, I would probably also learn how to code. Or I would get, I would get buddy-buddied up with somebody that knew how to code. I would buddy up with somebody because I, I got a guy that knows how to code. One of my business partners. And I tell you what, that's made... Um, Keeping him in my network and have him, we we both complement each other very very well. Um, it's made our approach to business nearly bulletproof. You know, so either learn how to code yourself or find somebody that knows how to code. Because coding, you can build websites, you can build apps, you can build software. I mean, there's this uh, there's so much that you can do when you learn how to code. And then, other than that, man, I think you just you have some grit. You have some grit. And you have some balls. It's hard to learn. It's it's hard to teach somebody to have grit and balls. It's just something that I think you're you're born with. It's just something that I think you have or you don't. You know, like balls. What I mean by that, I keep saying balls, but to have a set of balls on you means you're not afraid to take some risks. And uh, if you're afraid to take risks, I I know a lot of talented people that are afraid to take risks, so their lives are just very average and unremarkable. <laughs> super talented. They can sell, they can lead, but their life is just, meh. You know what I mean? Very cookie cutter. Why? Because they're afraid to take risks. You know, so you got to have some balls. And then grit is just like being able to handle and deal with adversity. Grit is being able to handle and deal with adversity. Ah, there's a really good book called Grit by Angela Duckworth that I would put on your reading list that really explains what this concept is. And basically, basically, she looked at all these successful people and what do they all have in common? They had grit. You know what I mean? They were able to handle obstacles, adversity, trials, tribulations, and not crack. Because I've, I've said this to you guys many times. If you're in your early 20s and you think life is just going to get easier as you get older, that's just the opposite. Life gets more complicated. It gets more difficult. The challenges become much bigger and complicated. The obstacles become much larger. And the stakes are higher. But your ability to deal these deal with these things grows over time like a muscle. So your early 20s are the best time to expose yourself to hardship. And, you know, really any time's the best time for you to expose yourself to hardship. If you're in your 30s right now and you're listening to me and you're like, man, is he only talking to the early 20s? No, no. If you started right now, you'd know it by the time you were 50. If you're in your 30s, you can do what everybody else does when they hit their 30s and just say, oh, woe is me. This is just how I'm going to be for the rest of my life and give up. Might as well just bury yourself now. Or you could say, all right, I got started on this a little later, but I can have it mastered by my mid-40s or early 50s. <clears throat> 10 years. 
How long does it take to get a PhD? What is it, 8 to 12 years? Go get your PhD in something. And I don't mean at school. I mean in life. Like a particular discipline. Like I've got my PhD in sales. I've got my PhD in leadership. I've got my PhD in grit. I've got my PhD in balls. I've got my PhD in those four things. Because for the last 12 years of my life, I've needed grit, balls, sales, and leadership. And I've rocked it in all of those areas. I'm not being Arab, just telling you what it is, like, like it is. It's just a fact. The Again, the obstacles only over time only become more and more challenging. They only become more challenging. And that's okay. And, you know, the last thing for today is... Expect and hope for the best out of people, but don't be surprised when you get the worst. Um, I think people focus so much on what everybody else is doing, just by themselves or to them, that they can't get past. I know I've met so many people in my life that can't advance their own lives because they're so worried about what everybody else is doing. It's, It's a weird thing. It's a very strange thing. It's very feminine. It's a very feminine, but many men are like this. They want to, they're so worried about what everybody else is doing. I'm prepared right now to lose all my business partners and restart if I need to. You know what I mean? I'm prepared. I don't want to. You know, that would suck. You know, but I could, I could figure it out. You know what I mean? You got to stop worrying about what other people are going to do all the time. I expect the best out of everybody that I work with, but that doesn't mean that I'm also not prepared for the worst. You see what I'm saying? The more time you spend worrying about what everybody else is doing, the less you're going to progress yourself. So don't be worried about what everybody else is doing, man. It's not just do you. You know what I mean? Just focus on and, and just make sure you always do the right thing. That's the biggest thing, guys. I want you to listen to me. I want everybody to listen to what I'm, what I'm about to tell you because if you just did this, you'd be a winner, even if you lacked in some of the other areas. Just always do what's right. Just always do what's right. When you always do what's right, you're going to find out. Like I was just thinking yesterday about how God always seems, especially recently, to have my back. That when my back gets put up against the wall, if I just focus on controlling my reaction to something, God blesses me. And just yesterday, I had like five things go so smoothly and perfectly yesterday. Like it couldn't have happened the way that it happened without God's hand on my life. And I think... I was given I was I was presented with a situation recently to react a certain way and I didn't I I reacted the way I should react which is to not react and I just feel like God's blessed me for that. He said, "Good job, buddy. Good job." It's like your your son, you know what I mean? Your son you know, maybe one of his, uh, maybe a kid at school, 
says something mean to him, says something mean to him, and your son doesn't react, he just sticks his nose in the air and goes about his business and does his homework, you give him, here's a brand new baseball bat, kid, good job, I'm proud of you. Now, next time, use this to smash his knees. No. <laughs> just kidding. No, but seriously. We don't do the right thing to expect something, by the way. That's not what I'm saying. That's not the lesson here. But if you do the right thing consistently, I promise you God will take care of you. But keep giving glory back to God. Keep giving glory back to God as often as you can. Never never convince yourself that it's you. I'm so unconvinced at this point that it's me. Like the only thing keeping this life together the way I've set it up is divine intervention. None of this works without God. None of it. And I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful that God doesn't give me what I deserve, which is not what I have. Which is death and hell. You know what I mean? But I'm just thankful for His grace and His mercy and His blessings on my life. And I'm starting to see His blessing more and more than I ever have in my life before. And I'm not perfect by any means, but I really am trying to do what's right all the time. And I do make mistakes still, often. But I think, I have to believe He knows my heart and knows that I want to do the right thing now even though I still make mistakes sometimes. And I think that means more I can't speak for the Almighty God. But I'd like to think that that means more to Him than perfection. Because He knows we're not capable of perfection. I'd like to think that He sees my best effort. Could I do better? Yes. Absolutely. But I'd like to think He appreciates that. You know, I'd like to think that my Heavenly Father is proud of me to some degree. You know, so I'm telling you, man, just just do what's right, no matter how hard it is, and you'll compound the blessings on your life. Okay, all right. I love you guys. Let's have a great day, and I'll talk to you soon.